0: How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Come on Wednesday. is anybody tired yet? Yeah. Woo. Okay, we're gonna have fun tonight. I sometimes you don't know I don't know what I'm doing but just trying to do the best. but I want to encourage everybody if we can. I think we have enough. Um, these tables, if you guys can can come sit at a table, I think we have five chairs to a table if I'm not mistaken four or five chairs. I want to encourage everybody if you can find a seat at the table, um, if you can, if not, um, if you can maybe pull a chair, kind of get close to a table. That, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, we're gonna do a, a group exercise later, and that's why we got the tables out. So whether you know it or not, this is gonna be your group. So it'll be it'll be fun. Amen. Amen. So we wanna welcome everybody tonight, and uh, we're gonna we're starting a uh, four week series on dreams and interpretations been excited about that. Amen. Come on. How many people have had dreams in the night before? Wow. Everybody here. How many people have, have had dreams and you have no idea what they mean? <laughs> Come on. Me too. You're in good company. So uh, yeah, so tonight we want to start a journey. We want to start a journey um, into dreams. I just remembered something. Pastor Tom, you said an announcement to make? Oh, your idea, okay, I'm sorry. So, yes, yeah, so we want to start a um, uh, course. And dreams and interpretations, I've been, I've been very excited about this. Um, never thought Amber and I would be in dreams or interpretations or anything like that. But it's just been uh, been one of the ways God has led us and moved us. And um, so we we wanted, we felt like the time was right. And we just wanted to kind of have this class to share and just kind of uh, impart anything that we've learned along the way. And uh, just provide tools and resources for you guys to begin to be able to... Ask the Holy Spirit, number one, how to how to actually interpret a dream and maybe have uh, clarity to what you've been dreaming in the night. Amen? So um, I, I know we have handouts um, also on the tables. Has everybody got a handout? We're going to kind of go through that guide. If, uh, just let us know if you don't have one. I'm going to go ahead and get things ready. And uh, we're going to jump right into this thing. I'm, I'm good. Can you, can you hold those? Yes. Hey, I want to um, just kind of just share real quick where I'm coming from tonight. Um, definitely want to do kind of an overview. Um, biblical foundation, you know, dreams are in the Bible. So I kind of want to launch that out tonight and just we want to talk about some dreams that are in the Bible. Um Throughout Scripture, I want to challenge you guys with that, uh, but just to show you how scriptural dreams really are and how God communicates to us. Um, when you get interpretation, it can get kind of weird. You know, there's a lot of material, a lot of resources out there. So, I always want to encourage you. Make sure if you're reading something, you're checking it's really kind of Christian-founded stuff on dreams because some of it's really, really some of it's really New Agey. So, you want to be careful of that. But um, there's three books that I highly recommend. That uh, that I've searched all over. I think they're the best three that are out there, and uh, the first one is by James Gall, Dream Language. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that book. Anybody have heard of that book? Yes, we got a few here. Highly recommend that book. What's really good about James's book is it gives a great fundamental nuts and bolts of what your dreams are. Basically, how to begin or how to begin to interpret them. Some things that are happening. That was the first one that Amber and I used. We got a hold of, and it just really, we chewed on it, and we just learned so much from it. Um, the second book is called uh, the, the Ultimate Guide of Understanding Your Dreams by er, Ira Milligan. Very another good book. His, his book is more detailed. So, like, if you're really looking to see, like, symbols, the codes, like, all that stuff, what it means... This is the book to get because he's got like just volumes of chapters of uh, what things mean in your dreams from like snakes to animals to all those kinds of things. So his is real good on the. Uh... Yes. Yeah, like like for an example, let's say you dreamed of a muddy road. I mean, that would be in that book, there's what it means when you dream of a muddy road. So it's just really good, really detailed. Um, this book, oh, so excited about, just came in the mail. This is my good friend up at Regent University, Brian Carraway. Um, it just got published. Real quick, I'm going to share. I've shared this a few a few with you. I want to share this story, how God is on this uh, dream school at this time. Um, this guy, a friend of mine at Regent, seven years ago, 2010, 2010, we're at school, and uh, he, he comes to me. He's actually the director of an enrollment of my master's program that I went to school in. He says, hey, Mike, God's put on my heart to write a book about dreams. And I was like, really? So he goes, yep. He goes, can I come to you and Amber's apartment and just record your dreams? If you've ever had a dream that stood out, you don't know what the meaning is, can I record it, pray over the interpretation, and, and put it in a book? I was, We were like, yeah. So he came over one day, and, and we did just that. We, we shared two dreams with him. He got an amazing interpretation. And that was it. It was like, I thought the book was going to be published within a couple months. Well, he hit some snags along the way, and uh, it never did. So we lost contact, and uh, shoot, we, I have not spoken to him in years. I mean, years. Now, fast forward, 2017, we're here. We're getting ready to start this dream school, and two weeks ago, I walk in my office and this package was sitting on my chair in my desk with a note inside that said, hey, it took a long time. But I just want to let you know I published that book on dreams. Come on. Woo. And he said, uh, you're in Amber's dreams in chapter 10 with the interpretation. Chapter 10. Come on. I said, Jesus. And I, as soon as, listen, I just want to tell you, as soon as I grabbed the book. Yeah, as soon as I grabbed the book, I felt like the Holy Spirit, it is personal for us. He said, I want you to remember those two dreams because they're the most important dreams that you'll ever have in your life. So we were like, I was just like, yes, Lord. And so it just, yeah, come on. Well, it's a big deal. They're, they're really important. I'm telling you now.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. I. I actually read her dream in the book to our staff meeting the other day. and We went through all that, but we won't do that now, but it was so good. Anyway, Brian's book, I've already read through most of it. Um, again, he's really, really good at um, just really explaining dreams where, like, the average person can get it. I mean, it's very fundamental, very, like, like, just, it's just excellent read, very easy to read. But he has insights that James and Ira, the other book, don't have. So I really highly recommend this one. He's kind of a balance out of both of those. Brian Carraway, Decoding Your Spiritual Dreams. Matter of fact, I'm going to actually order a case of these, and I'm going to have them here by the last class, and uh, for anybody that wants to get them. I just talked with him today on the phone. But, um, so I just want to let you know, the material that we go over in this class, basically that's where it's coming from, that, the Bible, and experience, amen? All right, let's get started. If uh, I think I had a sheet somewhere. Here, there it is. Awesome. Amber, you can just jump in whenever you want. So I just want to share real quickly um, kind of how a dream started for us. Yeah, I, I was going to actually, I forgot. Yeah, I was going to do the whiteboard and put it on there. Can you bear with me one second, guys. kind of whoop. don't uh, don't press on it too hard oh, Lord. there you go so I wanted to share uh, just our journey with dreams and Amber and I um, we really didn't dream much was there any any time in your guys' life we really didn't dream much and then all of a sudden something happened and you started dreaming a lot it's kind of it's kind of what happened to us I know for me I really didn't dream much maybe like one or two sporadic dreams draw gently. But we had, a, we had a life encounter change uh, in 2007. And in 2007, I had a dream that I will never forget. And in that dream, I dreamed of a massive stadium where 90,000 people were in this stadium worshiping God with all their heart. There were all these different racial groups from Chinese to African American to white to Native American. It was the most beautiful thing. You could feel the presence of God in the dream. And I remember in my dream, in the seats, under each seat for 90,000 people, each person had a bag, had a bag under their seat. And in my bag, I opened it up, and it was a baseball glove with a couple baseballs in it. And then I and then I woke up. So how many of you get those dreams? You have, like, you know, what does that mean? Well, we didn't know anything about dreams. I didn't know what that meant. Two weeks later, we get a phone call from a friend of ours who said, there's a prayer meeting going on in Nashville, Tennessee. I think you and your family should go to it. So we prayed about it, and we are like, yeah, let's go. It was a weekend, so we jumped in the car, my mom and dad, and we took off to Nashville, Tennessee, to the directions he sent us, to a prayer meeting that was in the Tennessee Titans Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, where 75, 80,000 people gathered at the Call Nashville 7707. And everything in that dream came true. And ever since that day, I felt like we've been flooded with dreams since, since July the 7th, 2007. And looking back now, I feel like God gave us an impartation to dream. An impartation to dream. And some of those things will they'll come along. And, and um, I think even us talking about them is going to stir it up. And it's going to stir up dreams. You'll have dreams. I, be, I believe some of you have dreams tonight. And then as we move forward, you'll have continual dreams because we're like just, we're just stirring it up and talking about it. But um, I want to just share a few scriptures starting out about dreams. Let's talk about dreams. Go with me to Job 33, verse 14 through 18. You could just kind of. Job 33, uh, 14 through 18. It's kind of an odd passage, right? You wouldn't think uh, about dreams in Job. But um, I actually think this is probably the most powerful passage of Scripture on dreams in the whole Bible. Because it unfolds a lot of things. Job 33, verse 14. In verse 14, this is what it says. It says, for God does speak now one way and now another. Though man may not perceive it in a dream, in a vision in the night, when deep sleep falls on men and they lie asleep in their beds, he may speak. Speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings, to turn a man from wrongdoing, to keep his heart from pride, and to preserve his soul from the pit. The King James Version, I want to kind of zero in on, especially in verse 16. He may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. I want you to, that's the NIV version. I want you to highlight that word. And NIV is Warnings. But in King James, that word is instruction. He will give you instruction. And um, that word instruction, very, very, very interesting. It comes from the Hebrew word, if I can pronounce this right, Yakar. Y-A-C-A-R. So the word instruction in Hebrew literally means yikar, yikar. Yikar has several different expressions or meanings. It means to admonish. It means to admonish. It means to correct. A second meaning is it means to correct. A third meaning of that word it means to chastise or chasten. So that's some. some mm, thank you, Lord. The other one is warning. It actually, means warning. Part of that word. Another expression is turn to literally turn. And the, and the last one is instruct. All of that comes from that one word, instruct. And what I'm just wanting to see us is, biblically now, these are all different categories of dreams that we'll have in the night most of the times. They're going to fall under some of those categories. Every dream that you ever have will fall under one of those categories. And he gives dreams to admonish us, he gives dreams to correct us. He gives dreams to warn us. He gives dreams to guide us. And we'll get a little bit more into that in a minute. But, but I just wanted to see from biblical, man, the, the, the dreams are very important. It's the way God speaks to us. Come on. You know when he speaks through the still, small voice? He speaks through the word. He speaks to a friend. But in the dream at night, he speaks to us. I think I like to think of it. It's like the thoughts and imaginations of God Himself being birthed inside of you, that are designed and destined to come out. You know, those those are His thoughts and His dreams. So, ooh. Joel two in Acts two, two other scriptures. I just want you to go to Acts two seventeen. Thought this was pretty pretty interesting too, um, talking about dreams in Acts chapter two verse seventeen. There's that famous passage when the Holy Spirit is being poured out at Pentecost in the upper room, right? Peter, Peter quotes Joel 2.28, but I want to read Acts 2, verse 17. Again, there's something really interesting there. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I want to say that again. And your old men will dream dreams. In the day when the Spirit is being poured out, one of the signs, one of the expressions, one of the evidences, one of the things that's going to be a corresponding to that is that old men will dream dreams. Now, no. If you're like me, That's what I thought. I thought, okay, it's old. So I was like, do you have to be kind of a prime timer just to get dreams? But it doesn't work that way because I'm still in my 30s and I'm getting dreams. Studying that word, guess what the word old men means in Greek? It means presbytorios. How many can just think of where that word, another word that gets close to that? Presbytorios. We get the word. What is it, brother? Presbyterian. I want to just pause right here for a moment. Just, I want to encourage you guys. You can raise. Like, I really felt to be this like a school, so I want you to raise hands if you got questions. I want to take questions as it's pertaining to this. If it's like maybe a comment, hold it to the end, and we'll talk about it then. But if you do got a question at some point, raise your hand so we can kind of dialogue and stuff like that. But Presbyterian. That's where we get the word Presbyterian. So that word literally means mature. So when it says old men will dream dreams, it's not talking about an age limit. It's talking about those who have maturity. And those who are mature in the spirit, there is no age. Come on. So there is a maturity that happens with dreams. In other words, what are you saying? I'm saying that I believe when we begin to step into dreams and God begins to just download dreams to us, it's a mark of maturity. It's a mark of maturity. It's a mark of growing in the faith. It's a mark of growing in the spirit. I feel, I'm just getting off track here, but, but I feel that the house here, that God wants to make this a house of dreams. A house of dreams where dreams in the night would flood this place like the Holy Spirit would come in dreams and visions. It just would just really take us into a whole other realm with the Lord. And we start tapping into this thing called the dream stream. Come on. Lou Engle said that when you start tapping into God's dream stream, then you start doing the Martin Luther King thing. And you start seeing revival, reformation, all kinds of things break out. So there is a dream stream, I believe, from heaven that we can tap into as a corporate body. What happens when we start having the same dream? Real quick, I just want to share this. This happens twice to Amber and I in our lifetime. Since we've been dreaming, we literally had the same exact dream the same night. Do y'all remember when the blood moons were happening? We had a dream, real quick. I had a dream one night. I wake up in my dream, we're in the dream. I go out of a window, it's night out, and there is a blood moon. And I just begin to speak this passage to the blood moon. And I wake up like, what in the world is that all about? And I'm praying. I woke up, left the house early. Amber's still sleeping. I call her midday. I'm like, Amber, you won't believe the dream I had about the blood moon. She's like, shut up. No way, hush. She's like, I had a dream of the same thing last night of the blood moon. That was powerful. But uh, so we learned that what happens, there's a dream stream. Yeah, there's a dream stream, and we could tap into that together. So I just want to encourage us there that um, it's awesome. Thank you. Okay, so defining dream. Well, let me ask you this. Let's have a little fun real quick. um, Biblical overview. How many, how many dreams do you think are in the Bible? Right now, if you were to take a guess, how many dreams are recorded in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? If you could think. Not, not visions, but dreams in the night. Anybody want to take a guess? 50? 360? Two? Dayla said Two? Look, at 33, awesome, we're close, we're getting close, 38, not yet, what I've counted through Brian's book in another handout, they say there's about 22 dreams in the Bible, at, in, in the whole Bible, 22 night dreams in the Bible, but I, I man, hey, I didn't think there were that many, to be honest with you, I thought there was like maybe seven, but when I saw that, I was like, wow, there's a lot of dreams in the Bible, let me ask you another question, what, what what book of the Bible do you think holds the most dreams in it? Daniel? Uh. Uh-uh. Who? And what book is it? Genesis. Genesis holds the most dreams recorded in the Bible. Isn't that wild? It has a lot of people in it. I kind of like to think it's a foundational book. It's a foundational book. It's the first book. It's foundational. And so dreams are in there. Now, in the New Testament, the book that has the most dreams, no, no, Matthew. Matthew has the most recorded dreams. Again, it's a foundational book for the New Testament. So I, 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 don't, I can't tell you all what that means, but I just, I just, there is something there. There's parallels there. I wanted to get you guys to think about that. You know, there's really, really strategic things that God puts in the Bible, especially with dreams. But um, there is a, a lot of dreams. Let me ask you another question. Can unbelievers have dreams from God? Come on. Now, who can give me an example in the Bible where an unbeliever had a dream from God? Nebuchadnezzar. What, what part in the Bible is that? Daniel. Daniel, anybody got something different? She's on it. Laban had a warning dream. Yes, he did. Anybody else? Moses. was that? The three wise men. The three wise men. They did have a dream. They were magi, huh? Huh. There was one other one in Genesis. It's actually one of, one of the first dreams in the Bible. There it is. Who is it, Miss Barber? Abimelech. Abimelech had one of the dreams. Remember, God gives him a dream because Abraham and Sarah, and he's lying, and he's like, oh, no, that's your wife. Anyway, the point is, unbelievers can have dreams, and God can communicate to them through dreams, I believe, in order to save them and do all kinds of things. Literally, like, I mean, really, just this past week, um, I my sister had a dream. My sister had a dream. She's probably watching tonight. My sister had a dream, and she usually doesn't dream, but God spoke to her. He came to her in the form of my grandmother. Again, we're going to get into this as we go deeper. And 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 he, my grandmother represented to my sister the Lord. And the Lord came to my sister in the dream, and he was just lounging in the living room of a house that was my grandmother's way back. And in the dream, he takes her into the kitchen. Or she, the grandmother, right, takes it in the kitchen starts cooking good old Italian food. Starts just cooking that good old home meal. And, you know, waking up, what does that mean? Again, I'm jumping ahead, but we'll get into that because dreams are always symbolic. But that dream, the interpretation of it was that some things that are going on in my sister's life right now, she needs some peace. <laughs> and God was communicating to my sister that he's with her. My, my grandmother represented to the Lord to my sister in the dream And the fact that the kitchen, kitchen always represents the heart. The heart always represents what's going on in our hearts. The fact that the Lord was cooking something means that he was cooking something in my sister's heart. He's cooking something in her life right now. He's moving and stirring. And so I just want to encourage you, um, pray for loved ones. man. Pray for people who maybe even don't know the Lord that are out there. Man, God will give them a dream that will turn them right around. And I've seen it happen over and over, and people get just woke up, saved, delivered, Jesus. But the point is, yes, yes, unbelievers can have dreams. Okay, let's define dreams a little bit more. Okay, so there's visions and dreams, right? Visions and dreams. In Acts, Acts 10, is it Acts 10, there's, you know, the story about Peter. He goes onto the roof, and he has a vision of a sheep, not a dream in the night, but a vision of a sheep being let down with the animals, if you guys remember that story, and basically he goes to the house, he preaches the gospel to the Gentiles, they get converted, the Holy Spirit falls on them, and as Peter's explaining this experience in that, that chapter, he's remembering this vision, and basically he's saying, God said, they're clean that I'm to preach this message to them that the Holy Spirit's going to come even to the Gentiles. Dreams and visions are slightly different because this is the simplest way I can put it. Visions will always reveal the nature of God. They will always reveal the nature of who he is. And in Peter's case, father was giving Peter a revelation of his nature that I want all people to come into the gospel. Everything that I made is clean. I'm telling you, Peter, something about myself, that everybody I've made is clean, and I want this gospel to go forward. It really wasn't about Peter, was it? It was about God. It was about one of his natures, who he is, his holiness, and how it's accessible to all people. Dreams are a little bit different. When we dream in the night, dreams are related to the call of God on your life. It's about God's nature a little bit, and it can be, but a lot of times it's unfolding in who you are in the call and the destiny and the direction that your life is heading. So a lot of times dreams are always, a lot of times, I say always, but usually about us, believe it or not. They really are about us. Even when you dream of other people, a lot of times it's about you. But um, they're symbolic in nature. You know the parables, the metaphors in the gospels, right? Dreams are like that. They, they are. You, a lot of times they're not literal you, you got to take them at almost a symbolic value. So if you dream of many things, let's say tonight you dream and you dream of going into your childhood home where there's a Pepsi can on the diet, the dining room table and your dog Spot comes barking in and your mother's in there cooking bacon on the stove or something. All those details, all those things mean something. All right? They're symbolic and they could mean something. So dreams are real symbolic. Um, Amber, do you got an example of how symbolic they could be?
1: Well, usually when I dream of one thing, like I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Yeah, house. Whenever I dream of houses, I know they always represent my life. Whenever I dream of cars or vehicles, I, all, I know they always represent ministry. And so, and sometimes that's a generic term across the board. But then there's sometimes there's personal things that the Lord will constantly use over and over. That might not mean the same to that person, but it means different to you.
0: Thank you, Lord. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of symbols in dreams. So they're they're really metaphoric. Now, sometimes I'm not saying. Remember, one of the things to approach dreams is don't put a box in it. You know what I mean? Don't say this is the way it's got to be cuz this is the way they wrote about it or this is how it is. Always have that open mind. You know, it could mean something completely different. There could be a dream where it is literal. It is literally literal. Like you dreamed about your neighbor and tomorrow you may have an encounter with your neighbor or something you have a message for him. So those are it's, the tricky ones. Those are the hard ones. Dreams dreams contain two basic elements revelation and application revelation and application and the revelation is a lot of time that's what the dreams communicating i've learned so much that the interpretation is not as hard as it is applying it in the right way in the right time in the right season so i think application is even even sometimes more more the challenge but but that's basically the two elements of dreams okay Dreams come from, I think, three realms, three areas, three realms. First dream, the natural man. How how can I separate, is this a dream from God, or is this like something that just doesn't mean anything, right? You ever had those or wonder about, okay, does this dream really mean anything? Is this God speaking to me, or is this something that has no meaning, no value? Some just things along the way that we've learned about natural dreams, because there's some factors that can play into natural dreams. A lot of people call them the pizza dreams, right? Whatever you ate last night will affect what you dream, you know. Um, for instance, or you know, there's so many factors that could play into that. Medications. I don't know if you take medications. Maybe you're taking some kind of form of medications. Those can kind of play into having natural dreams. But basically the natural dreams are going to be very, very short snippet dreams, They're not going to be long. They're not going to be the scene one, scene two, scene three dream. It's going to be that very short dream. It's going to kind of feel disjointed a little bit. It'll kind of feel off a little bit a lot of times, you know. And um, there's just no theme. There's no plot. There's no progression. There's no meaning. Dreams are like movies. Dreams from the Lord, let me rephrase that, are like movies. Movies. You know, in movies, there's like a plot, there's actors, there's characters, there's a narrative, there's a definitive plot in a story where this movie's going to go. Dreams from the Lord are that way. They have those kind of elements. Natural dreams usually don't. They're just, they're just very short as a matter of fact. Like, for instance, let's say tonight you go home and you turn on the TV and you watch The Dog Whisper, and you're just so into that show. I love it. You love that show? <laughs> I bet you would make a good dog whisper. but then you go to dream and you or you go to bed and you have a dream and you dream of a German shepherd and you're trying to just kind of pet him or do something and you wake up I mean you know that's a natural dream it's there's really no meaning behind it this is kind of just what you were watching last night some things that play into effect you know that you're having that dream so that's kind of from the natural realm a uh, very fragmented Sometimes a dream is just a dream. I think sometimes we can get in that place where we try to over-spiritualize everything, like, oh, this must mean something. Sometimes that's just not the case, right? It's just not from the Lord. It can be just something. So a lot of those, oh, another another indicator, natural dream, they're like, you can't remember them at all. Now, even dreams from the Lord, sometimes you can't remember. you got to journal them down. We'll talk about that, too, in a minute. But. Dreams that from the natural light that usually they're so quick and fat like you just you can't even remember them. They're they're here today and gone tomorrow. Second realm that dreams come from is a demonic realm, the enemy. If if we're establishing here tonight that God speaks through dreams to us, right, as one of the ways he communicates to us, how many know the enemy is gonna do what? He's gonna duplicate it, he's gonna counterfeit it. So, what does he counterfeit it with? Nightmares. Night terrors, right? So how do you know? Is this like a warning? Is this like dream from the enemy? A lot of times, dreams from the enemy, they will be very dark. I don't know if you ever had these dreams. They'll be very dark. The colors will be just so dull down. They'll be like literally gray, white. They'll be just so dreary. There'll be a dreary feeling in the dream. And a lot of times, whatever's happening, it's going to surface fear Either fear, anxiety, panic, just, just all kinds of things will begin to surface. Now, remember, there's so many things to this. We're just kind of scratching the surface. This is also going to really depend on where you are spiritually with the God. So, like, how your walk is with the Lord. If, if there's some open doors maybe in your life or you're doing some things you know you shouldn't be doing, that's going to have a factor in your dreams. That's going to have a factor in, in in your dreams. If you're even walking with the Lord and you're just fired up, though, you still, I feel like, can have a dream sometimes from the enemy. It's kind of like when we're walking out our Christian faith, right? You're walking. Don't you get attacked sometimes? Don't you feel depression sometimes? Don't you feel this heaviness that comes upon you, right? Dreams the same way. I feel like those things, it happens that way. I, yeah. Yes. Um,
1: I was going to say, even with the demonic dreams, I feel like there can be fruit from them. Um, Just to give an example, sometimes when I have dreams of maybe him having an affair or, you know, straight from the enemy, but at the same time, because dreams are mostly symbolic, you can feel, okay, spiritually, we need to be praying that not a literal affair, but something may try to be divisive and bring us apart. And so even though it may not be doesn't feel good. It may be fearful or whatever. There is fruit that can come from that. And even with fearful dreams, it may be surfacing some things in our heart. I think sometimes we feel things or our hearts are struggling with something. And even though the dream may feel demonic and fearful, God's given us revelation on what's happening inside our heart so that we can deal with it. Um, and to kind of Just give a clear description, like for demonic and fear. I had a dream one time. This was right before we were doing all of our all of my family research. I had so many dreams where I was protecting my daughters from alligators. I mean several. And they were so like stricken with fear. Like I would wake up just weeping because it felt so real that I would go to Michael. I'm like, I keep having these dreams. But alligators mean ancient spirits, which is generational. So God was doing some things generationally in my family line. And I think sometimes if you're just in tune with the spirit, you can see what's going on in the spirit. It's not always necessarily um, this big thing of revelation, but, you know, you can see and you can feel what's literally happening in the spirit realm.
0: That's so good. Yes sir, you got a question? That's right. It's yes. good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that's, that's so good. I before I, before I really came to the Lord, right before I went to a drug rehab center, I had a dream at my mom and dad's house. In the dream, I'm at their house in the backyard. The backyard, the hole opens up in the backyard, and I look down it, and I fall down. When I go down the hole, it opens up, and it's just pure demons running everywhere. I can hear them. I can still see them right now. They were just everywhere. And they came up. They were trying to pull me out, pull me down, pull me. And I remember trying to get out of that hole so, so bad, and I couldn't. Have you had that feeling in the dream where you're stuck or if you're fighting and you can't, like, swing a punch or you're in the mud? It was the, one of those kind of things. And I woke up, and it was right before, really, I, I started going to Potter's Wheel. Everything unfolded at a rehab center. And um, I feel just like you're saying, brother, that dream, the enemy dream, but it was used from the Lord to awaken me that I had to change my life or I'm getting get sucked into this hole and I'm not going to come out. Yeah, that's great, great comment. Um, what's the purpose of dreams? You know, there, there there's several purposes. I just kind of just jotted these down. But number one, I feel like they're an invitation. Proverbs 22, 5, right, famous verse. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's to the glory of kings to search it out. And so dreams are invitations to intimacy with God. And a lot of times they're so coded And he's wanting to invite you. He's wanting to draw you in so you can spend time with the Father, communicating with him, and he can show you dreams. So dreams are always an invitation. They're always inviting us to spend more time with him. It deepens and strengthens our relationship with him. Uh, They guide us. Dreams are designed to guide us. They guide us in many different areas, just like through the Bible. So many examples of where a dream guided uh, in Matthew, the three wise men. They want to go worship Jesus. They have the gifts. They want to go worship him, and and they're meeting with King Herod. And King Herod's like, oh, we'll go with you. Let me know where it is. But he wanted to kill Jesus, right? And so what happens that night, the wise men have a dream, which God says, don't go that way. Go another way. So what's that? That dream's guiding them, right, directionally. If If you ever had a dream, well, let me put it like this way. An example of that is when, let's say you have a dream tonight, and you're in a car. And there's a driver in the car that's faceless. It's somebody there, but you know who it is. You ever had one of those where somebody appears and you can't make them out? But you're in the passenger seat and you come into an intersection. You come to an intersection and you're at a stop sign and you're looking forward, left, or to the right. And you're just kind of, what's going on? And the driver's looking at you like, what are you going to do and where are we going for direction? And you wake up. And if you would wake up from that dream, what would you think that would mean? Right, If let's say if the car represented your ministry or your life, maybe if you're not in ministry, somewhere in that direction, and you're stopping at that sign, it's a directional dream. This is a dream to guide you, because whatever's going on in your life at that point in time, you're probably needing to make a decision. You may be having to move your family. You may be having to switch a job. You may be having to switch communities, schools, pull your kids out. There could be all kinds of things at play, but it's a directional dream. And so what do you do? Do you go forward? Do you take a turn or do you just wait on the Lord? So if you would wake up, from that dream I would interpret if you went, there was no direction, you never move forward and went to the straight or left or the right, I would take that as stop, wait on the Lord, don't make a move. He's going to materialize something and move ahead. But anyway, example, dreams guide us, right? Man, they guide us. Uh, they protect us. I think the number one dream in the Bible for, and for my life is warnings. I think I, think I get more warning dreams than, I, than any other dream. I think that's true in the Bible. I think if you. Well, see,
1: I'm different. Come on. I'm, I get dreams strictly for intercession all the time or revelation. Uh, like this one Sunday recently, like I just learned, we're learning because we're all learning. <laughs> and I'm like, God has so much grace. But I'll have dreams on Saturday night for Sunday morning. And a lot of times I'm going, what did that mean? And I'm, I might not get it till a day later, but I. When, Sunday it hit me I went oh my gosh that was for this that's for right now and I was like so sometimes it's just for insight to a prophetic moment or for most of the time for me I guess because I don't know I tend to operate more like you operate in the prophetic too but I guess it's just different it's to give a word or honestly just majority of the time is to have insight to what is happening in the spirit realm
0: Yes, ma'am. Usually represents the Holy Spirit. Or angels. or angels. Usually if you dream of somebody and you can't make out their face, but they're kind of with you, it's the Lord or, or an, an angel. Almost nine times out of ten. Um, just basic, One. Oh, let, me, oh, let me back up. Give life. Dreams are given to give life. Dream that caught my attention in life. Man, I had a dream. I was going to speak at a church in Magnolia, North Carolina, and that night, I had never been there, didn't know anybody there, I was invited to share my testimony, and that Saturday afternoon, I went to sleep in my dorm room, and I had a dream of a little, not a little girl, but it was a woman with dark hair, and it was at that church that I was going to that night, and in the dream, this dark-haired woman took out five razor blades, and swallowed them, and ate them, and not knowing anything really about dreams at that, that moment in, in time, I woke up now going to that event, and I'm thinking, wow, that's crazy. What does that mean? It's crazy. So I go there. The Holy Spirit moves in this little Pentecostal church, and I give the altar call, and I heard God whisper up there, I didn't give you that dream for a, I gave you that dream for a reason. And I just blurted out the dream, and I'm like, I think someone's here that's trying to commit suicide. If that's you, come forward. Nobody came. Psh, nobody. Nobody moved. Nobody came. The service was over. I thought, man, I really missed that mark. So I left, and we're on the way out in the fellowship hall, and I just get a little tug on my shoulder, and I look down, and it's a little girl with long, dark hair, 12 years old. She said, how did you know that was me? And I thought, what? And she pulled up her sleeve and had all these cut marks all up and down her arm. She said, I tried a couple months ago. It didn't work. I was going to kill myself tonight. She lived next door to the church. She said, but something told me to get up and come to the service tonight. Five razor blades meant grace had come to her life that night. We just prayed the grace of heaven over her. She broke like a baby, wept, wept, man. Her life was changed. About a year later, we're in another town doing a ministry event. She walks in the door, fired up, man, shares testimony at the church that night point is, dreams can give life. they can save lives. Very important to pay attention to your dreams. I can't stress that enough. Write your dreams down. Journal your dreams. You want to journal your dreams. See, when a dream comes from the spiritual realm, from the Lord, when it's a dream from the Lord, a lot of times it's going to be bright. It's going to be something happening. There's going to be a plot. There's going to be a theme. There's going to be a lot of scenes. Matter of fact, I think the easier dreams to interpret are the ones that are longer and have more scenes in them the ones that are real short they're harder but the ones that are longer I, you know I've found they're, they're more easier but a lot of times dreams from the Lord are going to be that way they're going to be clear there's going to be a narrative there's going to be characters along the way and things mean something um, but just I want to encourage you to journal I have uh, I have over here all, all my journals like literally these are books from uh, 2010 and 2011 dreams in the night that I had, and I've kept them seven, eight years ago, and what I've learned about that is I, each book dream, I have dreams about what's going on in the season of my life in that book, and in this book, five years, two, three years later, I have nothing but dreams in that book of that season of my life, so it's just when you pull them together, it just makes a storyline, that's unbelievable of God's grace, but uh, we've grown so much from, from recording our dreams And and seeing them come true, literally dreaming something and then it naturally happening in the natural. Come on. So, yeah, come on, man.
2: The, the dream was identical, and now he had a dream three months prior to this, and sharing it with me, and we get to Los Angeles, and we go into Lou Engle's house, and I kid you not, from what his dream was that he described to us, when we walked in the house, it the house was designed just like his dream, because there were so many doors, there there, there were Bedroom doors, but we weren't even sure what were behind the doors. But just in his dream, um, and I, I was just, just, just amazed by how detailed God is in our dreams. The dream, the dream that Michael's talking
0: about. The context of it was we wanted to take the tent, the Jesus tent, to Los Angeles, California. And we were debating how to, I was debating how to do that. And I wanted to connect with Lou Engle because he was doing the Azusa now. And so Nico, our friend, had a connection with Lou and his secretary. So I called Nico, my friend, and he was like, man, it's so hard to get a hold of him. The secretary said, if you just... If you just fly out to Los Angeles for North Carolina, maybe we can get you an appointment or a scheduled time at some at some point. Maybe we can we can do that, but you just got to fly out here. So now the ball's in our court. Like we feel the Lord calling us to do this event, but it's a big step to just a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money. Started praying. I said, God. What do you want me to do? Do you want us to take this tent to L.A. or, or not or maybe just stay home? And in that night I had a dream. And in the dream, him, Mike, just like you said, Nico and my father went to Lou Engle's house, told him that we had a vision to carry the tent from the Carolinas to Los Angeles. And his house was all these rooms and doors and everything. And we were in his living room specifically. And then I woke up and I felt that was my answer through the dream. Come on, right? These are dreams of confirmation. This was a confirmation to prayer. So I took that dream, wrote it down, and I pulled the trigger, and I said, in faith, let's do it. Borrow money for tickets. And we go, no, he's going to come home and get fired up. And we go right in his living room, just like the dream, man. I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Mike got saved on that trip. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) But you can't make that stuff up, man. Come on. But what if we didn't write it down? What if we didn't take a note, man? And we that we could have missed that opportunity, man. Pastor Tom,
3: it's uh, 18 months ago, and I was struggling with a staff member, and I had a dream. I'd been struggling for o- over a year, asking the Lord, "You can." I go through my journals, please God, please God. What? I have a vivid dream. We're in the administration office, and a woman comes up to me. I don't know who she I know her, but I don't know who she is. It's kind of that face, but I I feel comfortable with her. And she says, There's a drone strike. The powers to be are gonna release the drone. And I'm like, No, they can't do that. There'll be so much collateral damage in the administration building. So I go outside the administration building and I'm trying to communicate with the satellite. Don't do it. He says, there's a terrorist in your administration building, and the powers to be says it's time to take him out. It's coming. And I'm like, and I wake up, and I'm like, oh, this is, f- that dream, God, I said, Michael, was, and he's on the board, we're struggling. That was then direction to me from the Lord, you're going to pull this trigger, it's going to happen, and you're going to do it now. That's an order from heaven. And I'm like, so I went to the board, and... The rest is history. Now go 18 months. Where we are today in this house is a lot better. Come
0: on, Jesus. I I want to tell you one more on this dream because this is so encouraging. It's a brief one. But, because again, dating them is so important. This is dated March 26, 2016. March 26, 2016. Last night I had a dream. (laughs) This This is a good one. I received a big check in the mail. It's always good when you get a check in the mail. Come on. There was also a card requesting me, this is in my mailbox, to speak at a government function with Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest in September of 2016. This is in March. It was not clear direct number, but the check was in the thousands. It was receiving like receiving an honorarium after a speaking engagement, but it came before the meeting began. I also remember thinking. I hope it's not the same time as the drop that was in Falcon that year, and I woke up. I want to point your attention to that. Here's the dream. I dream of a large, big check coming in my mailbox. I open it up, and it's a card that says, we're requesting you to speak at a government function that lieutenant— I don't know if you know that. In our state of North Carolina, real life, Dan Forrest is our lieutenant governor. Requesting you to speak at a function he's holding— In the month of September, this is March 2016, check in the thousands, I can't understand the number. Three months later, I get a phone call from a friend of mine who's actually here Sunday, Charlie, and he goes, Michael, I need to tell you something. I was like, what? He goes, I have a wonderful opportunity for you. I said, really, what is it? He goes, well, my good friend's on a board up in Black Mountain, North Carolina, and it's a board that looks for speakers at a government function hosted by Dan Forrest, the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. He said it's going to be in September. Can you come and share the history of North Carolina revivals? Come on! Don't even had to pray. It's that thing set in stone. And I was like, "Yes, this is man. This is the Lord." And so Mike went met me on that trip, and uh, Kit, Kit went with and joined us, and I remember, this is just real cool how it all happened, because there's really a point to this. Mike come now, the secretary to Danforth, she's emailing me, she's like, listen, you got books of Fire in the Carolinas, I want you to bring as many books as you can. Just bring cases of books. He's like, these old guys, they love history, and they're going to eat it up. And for someone who's an author who has books, that's like ringing the dinner bell. I mean, that's just like, woo, man, yes. So usually anytime I went to a speaking event, I'd always bring one box of books. And that was, you know, 56 books in each box. That's plenty usually. <laughs> and so that day, I'm going up into my attic where I kept all the books. Now, these boxes are heavy. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and I did something I usually don't do, and I just stopped. And I said, God, how many cases of books do you want me to bring to this event? This is what he said. He said, well, how many do you have faith for? (laughs) So now I'm just opening my heart. I was like, oh, naturally I wanted to say, oh, all of them, Lord. But then I'm thinking, logistically, how's that working? And I said, Lord, I would like to take all of them. He goes, well, bring them all down. And I counted the boxes, and there's five, five cases. And as I'm bringing them back, I just have this vision of David bending down, picking up five stones before Goliath. And so I get in the car. I'm all excited, telling Mike the story. We have a wonderful weekend. What an amazing experience. To be with lieutenant governors, I mean, we had state legislators, government uh, uh, su- judges, supreme court state justices. I mean, wonderful men of God that are gathering for a three-week retreat for a Bible study in the Black Mountains, North Carolina, September. It goes awesome. Well, the event ends, and guess what? We sold maybe one box of books. <laughs> Missed it again. <laughs> So we get in, but hey, that's a great opportunity. We're just excited. We get in. Uh, we had a rental car, Ambert, who didn't go on the trip, who came here to the church. Now, in that time, we were getting ready to set our tent up in Massachusetts, North, or in Massachusetts to do an event up there. And of course, we needed some funds to do that. So we get back. They gave an awesome honorarium. It wasn't like that kind of check in the mail in my dream. But I get back and... Amber picks me up. As we get into the car, I look at her in her eyes, and she starts. I load all the books back up that we didn't sell. And, yeah.
1: and Pastor Tom that morning preached on putting substance to your faith. And so as I'm riding there, I'm like, wow, Michael put substance. That's literally what he did. He had faith, but and then he put substance to his faith. He could have left them all up there, but. There was something that activated in the spirit when he did that.
0: So I I looked at Amber, and she starts crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? She goes, you won't believe what happened today. I said, what? She said, a person came to me at church at random and gave me a check for $2,000. It was in the thousand. I couldn't see the number in the dream on the card. If you were to add the math of every book that sold for that number, for all the five cases, it would equal exactly $2,000. And exactly what Amber said, he said, it's not about the books. It wasn't about David's five stones. It's about what you have faith for. And the dream birthed that faith inside of me. So, I, I just want to encourage. There's no difference between you and I, but dreams are important from the Lord. I love them, man. I mean, it's exciting when you tap into stuff like that with the Lord. It's an adventure. So, man, just be encouraged, y'all. That's just, I want to build your faith tonight, man. Thank you, Lord, for dreams that you're releasing. Yes, Dela? Question. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump right into that. Um, we're going to cover that right here on your sheet. Go right there. We'll jump down right to that. It says uh, role play, three basic keys to interpretation. If you look on that, three basic keys to interpretation, role play. One of the, I think this is probably one of the most important things you could do out when you approach trying to, okay, what's this dream mean? And asking the Holy Spirit, because that's the first thing you do is you ask Holy Spirit. He's the interpreter of all these dreams. And as you do that, the next question I always ask myself, number two, this is always do is I say, what role am I playing in the dream? So you always want to identify where you are in the dream. So let's say you dream and it has really nothing about you and you're watching things unfold. You're watching something happen and you're not there. There's no interaction, but you're seeing everything unfold. Typically, that dream is not going to really be about you. That dream is going to be about that situation or something that God is showing you. Could be about a person or a situation. But you want to ask yourself: Am I observing? What am I doing in the dream? Am I observing? Sometimes you could have a dream and you're part of it, right? That kind of coming back to what you were talking about. You're part of it. There, there's a role you're playing. Maybe the dream's not all about you yet. You're not the main character, but you're you're, you're a part of it, right? So that dream. Nine times out of ten is still going to be about that situation, but it's going to touch you. You got me? It's going to really have an effect on the interpretation to your life. The third one is if you're the main character. If you're the main character in the dream, 100 out of 100 out of 100 times, you, that dream's about you. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, so definitely definitely want to go. Jump back right up there. It's where it says simplify your dream. This is just really simple nuts and bolts. Dreams kind of come in these three layers. There's the simple message dream from the Lord that's you got it, right? There's really no need for interpretation. It's very clear. You ever had any of those? Kind of makes sense. Oh, this is what God's speaking to me to do. The second one is, is a little bit more difficult. It's just more of a symbolic dream. You think of uh, Genesis 37 with Joseph, remember he dreams of the sheaves, he dreams of the stars and the moon bowing down, right? There's a level of, of symbolic symbolism in that dream, right? And we know that the stars and the sun and the moon was his dad, his brothers, they were bowing down to him. That's, a, that's kind of a layer of symbolic. And then the third one is the complex symbolic dream. Those are those dreams that have just layers and layers and layers of symbols and things in your dreams. And those are a little bit more difficult. Those require, for me anyway, a lot more time, a lot more pondering with the Lord, just kind of really putting the the interpretation together. Daniel has some really good uh, examples in that. You remember in Daniel where he dreams of like the statue and how the different sections of the statue mend the different empires, right? That's a a complex kind of uh, coded dream.
1: I was just going to add the more complex dreams like that tend to be long-term dreams. That's why they're really important to write them down because you might not get the full interpretation till seven years later, like I did in that dream I had in the book. So they're, they're dreams that over time and over seasons tend to have, you find more meaning to them. you don't and it's okay to not know the full meaning of them right away, but that's why it's so important to write them down.
0: And so let's look at that Keys interpretation. So role play, definitely a huge one. Know the context. You always want to know the context. So let's say you're dreaming of a building, of a school, of a house, of a farmhouse, of a car dealership, of a storage unit, whatever it may be. You always want to identify what, what is the surrounding? What's the context of my dream? Who's in my dream? Are there people in my dream? Is it family members? Is it friends? Are it strangers? Because each one of those things are going to mean something. And as we get into weeks two and three, that's what we're going to do. We're actually going to go over a detailed list of what does it mean when you dream of snakes? What does it mean if you dream of your father or your mother? And we're going to get really those two classes really deep into those details. But um, know the context. Know the events. Know the atmosphere. You know, does it feel alive? Is it dead? You know, what's, what's going on? emotions. What do you feel in the dream? Do you feel excited? Do you feel joyful? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel discouraged? A lot of times emotions, they'll be a a real big indicator of what the interpretation means. Dialogue. You ever had a dream where you're talking or someone's talking to you and you can remember that, what they're saying? That's huge. Huge. Very important. So if you dream in the night and there's a lot of talking going on, you can remember it. A lot of times, the key to the dream, the meaning, the interpretation is lying in what's being communicated. Does that does that make sense? Dialogue is very important. Um, repetitive dreams. How many have had re- reoccurring dreams? You know, usually when you have reoccurring dreams, God's really trying to get your attention. <laughs> They're really, really. He's like, I've I've learned that there's kind of a sense of urgency with them. You know, when you start having those, there's like an urgency. God wants you to really understand something. He wants you to really reveal something to your heart about what's going on. A dream within a dream. Has anybody ever had one of those? A dream within a dream.
4: It's kind of the same thing. They're very important, very significant.
1: I actually had a dream within a dream when they were in India, and it was about the church. And I had to give a word to Pastor Tom. And it was kind of similar to the dream he had, and it was a dream within the dream. I woke up from the dream, went to Pastor Tom in the church, and said, there's, there's terrorism here. <laughs> Those are not fun words, but God gives us insight, and so it highlighted the importance. I could have just went, oh, that was silly, but because it was a dream within a dream, it felt important.
0: Yeah, come on show this uh, dream tip dreams with multiple scenes have you ever had, have you ever had a dream with multiple scenes in it and they feel like there's nothing connected to them like <laughs> right this like wait a minute I'm dreaming of I'm, I'm in my childhood home when I'm six years old but then in the next scene I'm getting married to my husband and then the next scene something else you know they're just so disconnected I, I guarantee you almost I'd say 100 out of 100 they are connected. They are connected, especially when they're long, played-out dreams like that, scenes. They're always connected. Even if they seem completely opposite, look for the meaning. There's, there's a similar message being communicated. Remember earlier I said dreams were like movies? So if you have a dream that has, let's say, multiple scenes in it, scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, think of it this way. A lot of times, remember general, but a lot of times scene one is going to set up what, the, what, what it's about. It's gonna give you the context, everything, right? Then it's gonna move in scene two, which will be more like the plot. The plot will thicken. Scene three and four may be like where the meat is. That's where the hidden revelation is. You got something, Tracy? You have dreams like that that are layered like that. So a lot of times if you pay attention to them in the in the in the beginning, it'll set it up. In the middle, there'll be a lot of revelation, but usually towards the end scenes is where the the full interpretation is. So again we'll walk more into that in detail as the weeks go on. Yeah, like the first thing lets you know what the dream is about, right? Yeah. So yes. The second dream might like, give you
1: an idea of what And then the fourth dream is whatever the Lord's the fourth scene is whatever the Lord's really trying to communicate. I have those all the time too, the different scene dreams. And so that was really revelatory. I think that's in the James Gold book
0: too. James does a great job with that. I know we're losing track. We're getting ready to be done. But I wanted this last part is um, seven ways to categorize your dreams. I I feel that's what's helped Amber and I is this is the big step is categorizing your dream. So if you start dreaming in the night, start paying attention when you write them down and just start asking yourself, what category does this dream fall under? And there's many categories, and here's just seven of them. There's more than this. But dream of destiny. Sometimes destiny dreams, they usually always center around your calling. A lot of times they're panoramic in nature. Have you ever had a panoramic dream? You dream one scene of your childhood. You dream another scene of of maybe your adolescence. You dream another scene when you're older. That's a panoramic dream. A lot of times your calling, something about your calling is being revealed in that dream. We've learned in our dreams over the years to identify specifically the symbolism when we know it's our calling. For example, baseball. When I dream about baseball, 100 out of 100, it's about my calling and destiny in life. When Amber dreams about a house, it's about her calling and destiny in her life. And, and her mom is always with her. So, so you want to just journal those, you know, just begin to categorize them. I put dream of direction. I meant to put warning. I'm sorry, but I put direction instead. But that warning dream, you know, it, that, that dream, it can warn us. Now, I know a lot of times a warning dream, it can feel like, man, I'm, I'm either in sin or something's going on. or I feel really bad. Not, not so. They're not the best ones, but, <laughs> but, but they really are given to protect you. Like, let's say you, a, you have to make a decision to go or do something, and you really don't know what to do, and you get a warning dream. And, and there's just all these red flags in the dream telling you don't go through door A, and you wake up. I mean, that's, that's God indicating, you know, you don't, don't do that. That's a warning dream, you know. You want to you wanna just kind of kind of watch out. Real quick, an example of that. For me, I've been clean of drugs and alcohol for almost 14 years, sober. I will still have dreams time to time of using drugs again. I will still have dreams time to time of using crack again. That was my number one drug. Now I have no desire for it. I don't want to go back to it. But what does that represent to me? It's not getting the high. It represents the lifestyle that I lived, the lies that I believed, the patterns, the way I thought, the way I acted, the way I behaved, my self-view of my own self, my false identity insecurity all those things. So a lot of times if I'm the Lord wants to give me a warning, he'll do it through those means and it'll be like saying it's not like I'm going to go back and use drugs, but God I think is saying to me, Michael, I want to warn you, don't act this way, don't get in the flesh. Stay in the spirit, huh? Old mindsets. Right, a lot of times you know you want to drift back to that old man. Let's say you got a coworker that is just driving you up the wall, and you just want to let him have it. No one's ever been there, have they? Come on now, come on, and and you just want to, right? And you you can feel yourself drifting to that old man. God may give you a warning dream. Hey, don't do that. You're slipping in old habits. Come back to me. So, dreams of warning, very important. Correctional dreams, a little bit different. Correctional dreams, they deal with the heart. Character issues that we have, you know, they they're they're there to correct us, and um, and again, we'll we'll talk more about that in detail, sorting those out. Instruction dreams, I've learned that usually a lot of times dreams of instruction, there's scripture in them. If you ever dream of scriptures or Bible verses, that's an instructional dream from God. So he's really trying to teach you something. If you dream of a certain scripture, you better lock onto that scripture. You better eat that thing because there is a massive meaning behind that scripture that God wants you to get so So encourage you on that. Pay attention to those cleansing dreams. How many have had dreams about using the bathroom, taking a shower? Come on, yes, I'll, we've had a lot of those. I need cleaning so. Anytime you dream of using the bathroom, of taking a shower, washing your hands, 100 out of 100, this is a cleansing issue that God's doing in your heart. He's cleansing you. He's
1: purifying you. Sometimes those are seasonal where you have a dream, where you have several dreams in a season where you're in the bathroom. It's because you're in a season of cleansing, a season of healing in the heart.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there's an element There, there is an element of weirdness, I think, in all dreams, and some, some of them get real weird. But, uh, but those bathroom dreams, I've had a few, and uh, <laughs> I always wake up and I'm just asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing right now? I know this does not fall in the bathroom, but how about I'm just jump on this one real quick? Teeth. Have anybody ever dreamed of missing teeth or broken teeth or lost teeth falling out? Any time you dream of teeth falling out, it means that you're lacking wisdom in an area of your life. It's just you're lacking wisdom. They don't feel good, but, but these are these are no these these are good dreams. They 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 really are there. I had one. I had a dream one time. I looked in the mirror and my front two teeth fell out when we were in college. Front two teeth just fell out. I, oh man! And I woke up and it's like immediately I knew I just read this book. Yes. Like, oh, Lord, I know I'm lacking wisdom." And, and it was two front teeth. And, and when I, I went and asked the Lord, he gave me an interpretation. You no know he said He said, "There's two areas in your life that I want you to give to me. You know So, so anytime you dream of teeth, again, that's an, just an example of him correcting us and, and just loving us. Warfare dreams. How do you know if you're dreaming of spiritual warfare? A lot of times there's storms involved. If you dream of tornadoes, you dream of hurricanes and winds and hailstorms, deep rain, dark clouds, 100 times out of 100, this is a spiritual call to intercession. It is a warfare dream. God is showing you what's going on. We were in a situation one time, and there was a lot of stuff flying around, a lot of talk and all this stuff happening. And I had a dream. I was in a car. I went under an overpass. The car stopped. Two gigantic tornadoes came through the overpass and went, and, and the driver, who was the Lord, said, Don't move. And the two tornadoes literally went and ripped through our whole car, went right through us. One and two. And I woke up, and the Lord said, I want you to be still and don't speak because the enemy's trying to twist things around. He's trying to twist things around, right? So he said, Just wait, it'll pass by. And that's exactly what happened. Again, spiritual warfare dreams, call to prayer, call to intercession. A lot of times there will be dreams with uh, weather, stormy, animals, of course, too. We'll get into that later. Impartation dreams. Man, I, I feel like there's dreams that we get impartations in. A lot of times I've had this happen where we dream of spiritually like just people that fathers of the faith or pioneers, like you dream about Benny Hinn coming to you in a, in a, in a grocery store. Or let's say you dream about, uh, 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 what was her name, Catherine, Catherine Coleman. Let's say you dream you're in a Walmart, and all of a sudden you're in line, and Catherine Coleman comes walking down the aisle, and she puts something in your cart. What does that mean? That usually means that they represent, it's a great dream, by the way. But that usually represents an anointing, that that person carried is going to be imparted to your life. Impartation dream. I had one the other night, and it's just those are awesome dreams. And that's where the Lord's just imparting wisdom, favor, gifting inside of us. And those happen. Those happen at night. They'll literally, we'll get a deposit. We've had dreams where angels been in our bedroom. Where the angels been in our bedroom. We could feel them in there. And they were depositing impartation from the Lord in our dreams, you know. So I want to encourage you. This is uh this is really inter- interesting things. Um we were gonna
1: real quick, I just want to share with the angelic stuff. Um when we were at Regent, we had so many encounters and we were just in the season of just like I went back and was reading some of our dreams. I was like, wow, I don't think we realized how good it was then. But um James Gull talks about or maybe it's Michael Ann Gull was talking about, because she raised three or four kids while her husband traveled for ministry all the time, but she would have so many encounters in the nighttime, all the time. And she said it was because it was the one time she was still. And so your spirit man doesn't sleep, right? But So I think God just likes to take advantage of the opportunity when we're flat on our back to download us. Sweet.
0: So we were going to do a... um... Group activity, but um, we ran out of time. So I feel like Holy Spirit wants to do something else. So we're just gonna just take a leap out in faith. Amber doesn't know what we're gonna do. I want to I just before we before we end. I just want to step out in faith. Now listen, we we're not like these amazing dream interpreters. We just <laughs> trial by error, walking with the Lord over the years. I probably say, like, out of all the dreams that come to me, I can maybe get the um, in, uh, interpretation maybe 75, 80% of the time. And sometimes I just, don't, I just don't know. But I wanna just give an invite right now to someone in here who has had a dream, in, let's say the last week, the last week that you know is from God, that you, not, not too long, because we're out of time, but you know it's from God and you wanna share it. Mary, yes, sir?
1: You and Amber came up to me and said, this is a really great time for you to get pregnant right now, <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> because all the doctor appointments are going to be free, everything would be free, and I was just thinking to myself, well, don't they know how old I am, you know, and,
2: uh, <laughs> and but I didn't say anything because I wanted to be pregnant, so I was
4: like, oh, that, you know,
0: Yeah. Okay, you you you're gonna share it with us? Because what we wanted to do, we wanted to share it and just really see if we can get the interpretation. Let me. Can you hold it one second? We'll do it. Yes, come on, hold it right there. Who
1: was who was the him
0: Okay. I'm I'm having a hard time. She
1: had a dream that we came up to her right. And we both said, This is a great time for you to be pregnant. And you were, what were your feelings again in the dream? Like, I'm, this is, don't they know how old I am? And then you didn't say anything because you really wanted to be pregnant in the dream. Hmm. Wow. Provision.
0: So, so, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. Can you come up here, Mary Esther? Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. and We just thank you that you give all interpretations to dreams and visions. And Lord, we just thank you for this dream for Mary Esther. And Lord, we just ask for revelation. We ask for impartation and revelation to what that dream is saying, Lord. Speak, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name.
1: I feel like the baby is something that's been a desire in your heart. And maybe you feel like because of age or lack of provision that there would be limitations or it's not a good time. Um, But I feel like God wants to um, impregnate you with this desire. I think it's because in the dream you already wanted it to happen. Um, I think it's something that's already inside of you.
0: I I feel immediately that uh, me and Amber represent the Lord to you in the dream. And that um, definitely going to birth something this season. He wants you to be pregnant. He wants you to be pregnant with intercession. Hey! Whoa! He wants you to be pregnant with intercession.
1: Yeah, Hannah had to birth in the spirit before she could conceive in the natural. And I feel like you've been travailing and travailing and travailing in the spirit. And God says, it is time for the conception. It is time for the conception to come forth in the natural. He's going to bring the resources. The people are going to be there. Everything that you've been asking for will come. It is, the time is now. It's now. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. So, yeah, I I just felt like uh, you are going to be a birther of intercession and that this is going to, like, really evolve into a team. I saw a team of intercessors. I saw a team of intercession just in this house being raised up. Like I saw you moving from dancing, like just not just dancing with the dancers, but just intercessory dancers, like literally intercessors that would stand on the wall. saw God sitting sending you out to lands and regions to do intercession for the land. It's a new season and it's a new day. Everything has already been paid for. The price has been bought, it's all free. There's grace for the race, there's grace there's grace for it, nothing you can do to earn or deserve it it's already done. Father, we thank you in Jesus name yeah
3: they don't know um, they, but she was leading our communion service this morning for intercession from nine to ten or this morning, and she had a book it was beyond the veil or vision something about the veil anyway, she purchased the book, thinking one thing, but it 's all about intercession, and she sent me some stuff this afternoon on it.
1: want to add to it's not conventional intercession what what would look like most people would say this is intercession it's going to be different like Michael was saying it has a lot to do with the land and um, I just keep hearing Hannah too because Hannah's just been something the Lord's been ringing in my heart but Hannah wasn't barren she was just in a barren place but she was a producer in the spirit so I see the Lord taking you into barren land and I just see your feet there's something about your feet There's still going to be dance intertwined with your intercession, but your feet are going to toil the ground, till the ground, and you're going to produce things in your feet through the intercession.
0: You guys, like, just feel, wow, feel the Lord. (laughs) Dreams are so cool. But um, symbolic. She dreams of us, but it's not us. It's the Lord coming to give her an impartation. Say impartation dream. He's imparting her with that gift of intercession. For a whole new season of his life, but uh he's uh maybe maybe do one maybe one more, or oh, I'm sorry, yes, sir, please, come on, man. it's okay, buddy come come, on. can you come up to the front, come on up to the
4: front, young man, yes, I think sometimes the Lord gives us things to comfort us or reassure us. Uh, anyway, I, 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 I had a dream uh, that, uh, it was a short dream, uh, that I was looking in, in the backyard, and here was a huge tree, just a, a huge tree, just uh, standing, as, I couldn't even see the top. And uh, I looked at it, and at base there was a uh, beautiful vine. And I looked at that vine, and it was a poison sumac vine. And uh, this is kind of strange, you know. So I I went and I got some neighbors, and I I want you to see this big tree that's in my backyard. I never knew it was there. And we came and looked, and it was gone. There was not a sign, nothing, you know, nothing uh, disturbed in the earth or anything. It was just gone. And I said, this must have been from the Lord somehow. Man can't do that. And then I woke up. And and I have the interpretation. it, it came came to me that uh, that tree was a, see, I've been battling with somebody in high position, and uh, that tree represented her position. It was, it's going to be gone. And that poison sumac represented those uh, poisonous attorneys that have been helping her do that. And that's what the interpretation was. And I think it was just, See, the Lord has asked us to move to, to Tennessee, and, and, you know, after battling somebody for seven years or so, you, you hate to leave the scene, I guess. Uh, but anyway, I think that, that in the end, it's going to turn out um, that the Lord will triumph in there.
0: Amen. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Did uh, everybody have fun tonight? Did we learn anything? Um, we're going to take a break next Wednesday because of Thanksgiving. So there's no class next Wednesday. And then we're going to kick back up the following Wednesday. And uh, that Wednesday and the succeeding Wednesday, those two classes, we're going to go in detail of what does it mean when you dream of animals. We're going to do categories and, and all these things. So we're going to go through a lot of those. The last class, Amber and I are really excited. We're going to hold that whole class to doing case studies and and what I mean by that we're gonna we're gonna probably call on some of you some of the dreams that you've maybe had up until this point and uh, we're gonna see if you could pray and get the interpretation and really do a practical application for that whole class so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun but um, just really encourage you guys one last announcement if uh, we can get a few guys uh, behind we need to take down these tables and put the chairs back and uh, if that's okay we can I think we could just slide the tables right in that back room right there for now yeah, let's stand. Whoo! <laughs> man, I still feel the Lord, man, up here. It's like, whoo, Jesus. Whoo, man. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, grab a hand next to you if you can, man, and just, uh God, thank you. Lord, we just thank you for tonight, Lord, and Father, we just ask, Lord, we just come humbly before you, Father. We're in awe. <laughs> We're in awe, Lord, of who you are and how you work and how you speak to us. And I just feel like you're through dreams, God, you restore the wonder back. You restore the awe of who you are. And Lord, so I, I pray tonight, Father, Lord, would you, Lord, just begin to release an impartation over everyone in this room? Lord, that they would be flooded with dreams in the night. That you would send messenger angels by their bedsides. That you would begin to stir faith through dreams. That you would just begin to move and birth things through dreams in this season. Father, I pray for healing dreams to come forth. I call healing dreams to come forth, God, in the night that would begin to even um, um, heal relational wounds in family members and friends in this house and in this body, in this people. Father, we call forth destiny dreams, Lord. Those here tonight that don't know what you're calling them to do, that don't know what direction to turn, Jesus, give them a destiny dream. Give them a calling dream tonight, Father. Those who need direction, uh, prevention, whatever the case may be, Lord, I just ask that you would just release dreams from heaven. Lord, let it just flood this place. Let it flood this body, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, one last thing. Journal your dreams. Come on. Maybe we'll have somebody share next time.